Welcome to the B Zero Carbon Podcast, the show where we dive deep into the latest research and trends shaping our world. I'm your host, Jonathan. In today's episode, we're discussing an intriguing topic the role of rewilding and storing carbon, and how the voluntary carbon market could finance it. We're breaking down a fascinating paper authored by Lily Ginsburg Keeg, the policy manager, and Dr. Nick Atkinson, our chief science officer. You can read the full report by visiting our insights page at bzerocarbon.com slash insights. Rewilding, it's a term you might have heard thrown around in conservation circles. It's all about ecological restoration, often involving the reintroduction of species that used to be native to an area. The goal is to let nature take its course, to be self-willed and self-sustaining, as it once was. It's an appealing concept, especially in a world grappling with the impacts of climate change and the loss of biodiversity. Despite the potential of rewilding, it has faced significant challenges, particularly in securing financing through the voluntary carbon market. Today, we'll explore some of these barriers and potential solutions. Let's set the stage. As a species, we are facing two monumental tasks, preventing the global collapse of our natural ecosystems and addressing dangerous climate change. Both threats pose significant challenges to our survival, yet funding and attention to the biodiversity crisis lag far behind climate action. This is where rewilding can play a crucial role. By focusing on the restoration of self-sustaining ecosystems and their associated fauna and flora, Rewilding allows natural processes to occur without human interference. It's a more holistic approach to ecological restoration than traditional conservation efforts. Rewilding not only supports biodiversity but also contributes to climate change mitigation by sequestering atmospheric carbon. Forests, wetlands, and other natural ecosystems can store large amounts of carbon, acting as effective carbon sinks. But it's not without controversy especially when it comes to the reintroduction of apex predators and herbivores, and the uncertain outcomes it may yield. The concept of rewilding is modern in its approach to conservation. It involves restoring natural habitats, removing barriers to animal movement, and reintroducing apex species like predators and large herbivores. The objective is to create functional ecosystems that can sustain themselves over the long term. Here's a fun fact. Did you know the reintroduction of the beaver to the United Kingdom after 300 years of absence is considered a notable example of rewilding? Their ability to modify the landscape by constructing dams helps create wetland areas that can protect human infrastructure against storm flooding. Apart from ecological benefits, rewilding can also have significant economic advantages. For instance, it can drive ecotourism, providing income for local communities and offering incentives for protecting natural areas. However, it's crucial to be mindful that ecotourism can sometimes exacerbate existing inequalities. Now, rewilding isn't about micromanaging every aspect of an ecosystem. It's more hands-off, allowing ecosystems to recover naturally. It's a holistic approach, considering entire ecosystems and their interconnections, rather than zeroing in on individual species or habitats. While rewilding brings many benefits, it's not without its challenges. 
measuring the success of these projects can be tricky and may take longer to realize compared to traditional conservation efforts. This uncertainty is one of the significant barriers when it comes to financing rewilding projects through the voluntary carbon market. That's it for this part of our discussion. Join us in the next episode as we delve deeper into the voluntary carbon market and its relationship with rewilding. I'm Jonathan, and this is the B0 Carbon Podcast. See you next time.